Welcome to the Next Level Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Julianne Kirkland, best-selling author and life coach. Join me each week to learn more about the strategies, tools, and mindset needed to arise from the overwhelm and create a joyful life you love. To learn how you can work with me further or to get your free copy of my book, The Water Walker, check out juliannekirkland.com. Also, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode because the best version of you begins on your next level of faith. Hey, hey, welcome to the Next Level Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Julianne Kirkland, and I am so happy you are here today because today I'm talking about what it means to upgrade your faith and how to do it. This episode will be part one of two because I like to keep these podcasts under 30 minutes. I value your time and understand how precious it is. And I'm so grateful that you've allowed me this opportunity to share this message with you because the best version of you begins right now. I do need a disclaimer. I have six kids. I also have two big dogs. (laughs) So really at any given point, During any of the episodes you hear, you might hear from one of them, you know, like I just put my dog out and I started recording and then he comes watching in and bless his bones. He's got a skin condition, so he itches a lot. And I just don't know if I can edit all that out. So if you're ready and willing to listen to me, just be completely real with you, then welcome. I'm excited you're here. So the other day I was watching my nine-year-old on his hoverboard. He was zipping all throughout the house with just such ease and precision, having the time of his life. So naturally, I wanted to give it a try, right? I'm a cool mom. I'm athletic-ish. You know, like I want to Zoom carefree through the house. However, I quickly found out I am neither cool nor athletic-ish when trying to steer a fancy skateboard by shifting my weight around. I ran into the table, like right into it. And my son looked at me and he was just shaking his head. And he said, mommy, it's not that hard. You just have to believe you can do it. Oh, and in that moment of just pure defeat, my mind began to shout all the excuses as to why the hoverboard was in fact hard for me. I'm in my mid thirties. I've never done it before. I'm not flexible. I don't have the best balance and so on. That's just how our mind works. It wants to avoid pain. And in this case, the pain I was trying to avoid was embarrassment. (laughs) Thankfully, I spend a lot of time training my mind. So I'm able to recognize reactions like this quicker and then adjust accordingly. So instead of reacting in my excuses, I responded in admiration of the wisdom that just came from my nine-year-old. It's not that hard. You just have to believe you can do it. And I thought, wow. All those times I've made decisions or situations harder than they had to be because I was choosing doubt and unbelief over faith. And then I started to get that like gross, humbling feeling, you know, where it literally feels like you swallowed something gross. Yeah, it was that. I had a lot of that because here I am, you know, known as this woman of faith, coaching people how to create the best versions of themselves through faith. And I even have a best-selling book all about faith. (laughs) So why was I having all these gross, humbling feelings? And then it dawned on me, 
I needed a faith upgrade. So I decided to take myself through the same five-step process I take all my clients through. And I know you might be thinking, Julian, don't, don't you do this consistently? And perhaps I should be because I am not the kind of coach who like Google something and then tells my client to go do it. No, I will only have my clients go through processes and systems that I have done myself, that I know work, that I've had success with my other clients before I have them go through it. But it reminded me of what my mentor, John Maxwell, told me five years ago. He said, the hardest person you will ever have to lead is yourself. And man, isn't that true? Like, it's easy to tell my oldest son to go take out the trash. It's easy to do that. Have I taken out the trash before? Yes. Do I enjoy doing it? No. (laughs) So it's easy to tell him to do it. And when he starts to gripe and mumble, I'm just like, hey, just do it. Get it done. That's your chore. Thank you. Right. But then when I have to do it, I don't want to. Right. I get all those same grumbly feelings that he just had because the hardest person we have to lead is ourself. So if you're finding yourself in that, that frame of mind, that feeling, I just want you to give yourself a little bit of grace. Okay. So I'm going to take you through steps one through three of this five step process during this episode. Okay, steps four and five will be on the next episode. Okay, grab you a pen and paper, unless you're driving. Don't do that if you're driving, okay? Or if you're out walking, be sure you save this episode so you can come back to it. Okay, let me give you a quick backstory. In 2019, God dropped the word ARISE in my heart, and he showed me that this would be the acronym for how I would up-level any area of my life. So throughout this podcast, whenever I'm teaching how to reach that next level in any particular area, it will always come back to the acronym ARISE, even though the definitions can change for the A-R-I-S-E, the steps will always come back to ARISE. It's been the coolest thing to be a part of. I can't explain it any other way than by saying it's just how God is leading me in this season. Okay. You know how in Isaiah 55, nine, God says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I feel like that's what's happening here. Like, I don't really have to understand why he chose a rise yet. I just know that I have to be obedient to it, right? Because I've experienced so much freedom through it. And so have my clients. So I'm just going to keep going with it. You know what I mean? So if you're ready, let's do this. Step one, the A stands for anointing. And perhaps you're like I was, and you thought anointing, isn't that reserved for like biblical masters, you know, like the greats, the big ones, the ones who were willing to sacrifice their son on an altar the ones that were willing to build a ginormous boat, the ones who destroyed, took down city walls, like the greats that had the really long hair and that were ridiculously strong, and those who were able to part the seas and you know lead their people to freedom. That's what I was thinking about <laughs> when I heard the word anointing. 
how was that supposed to be the first step in upgrading my faith? Clearly, I needed to do a little research. Have y'all ever had that happen? Like God drops a word in your heart or a vision and you're like, oh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> like you're just, hmm, thank you, Lord. What, what exactly can clarity, you know? And then you, he's like, go get in my word and you can find out. Yeah, it was one of those moments. <laughs> and God led me to 1 John 2, 27, which in a nutshell says, you have received Christ. When you have received Christ, you have received his anointing, which means you possess the knowledge of truth and understanding, which means we don't always need to be seeking out others for constant reassurance. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying we don't ever need to seek out godly counsel because, of course, we do. But what we do not need to be seeking is validation from others over validation from the Holy Spirit within us, right? So now it started making so much sense as to why anointing had to be step one in order to upgrade your faith. You have to accept that you are anointed. God chose you. How cool is that? And when you choose him back, he equips you with everything you need to live out his purpose on your life. Let me give you an example. When I was pregnant with the quads and was sent two hours away from everyone, my husband, my two little boys, my friends, my support system, my church, my work, all to be at a hospital on bed rest alone until the babies were born. I didn't feel very equipped to handle that. Nope. You know, like I didn't feel very anointed at all at that time. But what I learned was Being equipped doesn't always mean having physical things to help you handle a situation. Sometimes the equipping comes from a new thought, a new outlook, a new willingness, a new desire. That could very well be the equipping that's happening as an internal thing. And that's what being anointed is all about. You have truth and knowledge and insight and reassurance all readily available to you. And it's when you tap into that power, that's when you've taken the first step to upgrading your faith. Cool, right? Step two, the R stands for revival. And I know you might be thinking, whoa, 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 Julian, like you want me to go get under a big church tent and like have this big revival in order to upgrade my faith? And although I'll I'll never say that's a bad idea because the energy alone that's produced in a tent revival is an incredible experience. However, that's not the kind of revival I'm talking about. I'm referring to the awakening of God within us. We just learned we have to accept the anointing on our life to be able to acknowledge all that God has equipped us with, right? So naturally, the next step would be the full awakening of the Holy Spirit within us. So what do I mean by the full awakening? The kind of awake you are after your second cup of coffee, right? (laughs) Like you can function, maybe not all that well, but you can function before your first cup of coffee in the morning. The kind of functioning with like, you just poured your kid's orange juice in his cereal. 
Like that's the amount of awake you are, right? But you don't consider that to be fully awake. So you can acknowledge the anointing on your life in that pre-coffee kind of a way, but that doesn't mean you're prepared to do anything about it. You follow? That's where the revival has to happen. We have to wake up. So how do we go about being fully awake? How do you go about this internal revival needed in order to upgrade your faith? You ask yourself this question. What would I have to feel in order to take action? Because here's the truth. Every result you are getting in your life is coming from an action or not taking an action, right? Taking action or choosing not to is driven by how we feel and how we feel is produced by the thoughts that we're thinking. And don't worry if that was a lot to digest, okay? I have an episode coming up that goes really deep in this principle. The thoughts you think produce your feelings, which leads to you taking action, which leads to the results you're getting, okay? But for now, I want you to focus on what would I have to feel in order to take action? Because action will beat out thinking every time right? Like I can think about exercising and eating a healthy diet, but until I actually do those things, I'm not going to get the result I want, right? And talking with my clients all the time, they're like, well, I know I should do this. I've heard this before. Like, cool. Are you taking action on it? Well, no. Okay. How's that serving you? Right? Like we get so frustrated when we're not getting a result we want, And we know what we should be doing. We're just choosing not to do it. And when I'm like, why are you choosing not to do it? Well, I just didn't feel like, ah, there it is. You're choosing not to take action because of the way you feel. It gets intense. Well, we'll talk about that on another episode. I digress. When you ask yourself, what would I have to feel in order to take action? I want you to pause for a minute and really listen to how the Holy Spirit responds. Getting into this practice is how you become fully awake. You have to be intentional. You have to want to. Because at the end of the day, we do what we want. So if this exercise, you're finding that your wants aren't matching up to God's wants for you, you know you're really going to need to lean into step three, which is all about intimacy. Okay, the I for step three stands for intimacy. Now, don't get squirmy. It's okay if the kids are listening, all right? I said the word intimacy, okay? I love the way Jenny Donnelly defines intimacy. She says, in to me, see. How great is that? In to me, see. You know, when I was growing up, I thought intimacy was between a husband and a wife. That's the only context in which I'd ever heard that word used. And then as I gained more life experience, I learned that intimacy meant closeness or togetherness. It implied a willingness to be vulnerable, to be truly seen. Right? Think about every important relationship in your life, every relationship that you really value 
Why? Why do you value that relationship so much? Is it because you feel like you can just be you? Right? That's such an amazing feeling when we can just show up as who we are and be accepted. That feels great. No masks. No, you know, not, yes, maybe still the COVID mask, but not, you know, like the other masks. But being able to be authentic and real with somebody and be accepted, like that's what we all want, right? And that's what intimacy truly is. And in fact, when I had my salon companies, we were hiring associates to work and train under master stylists. And I found myself explaining the relationship the two would end up having as an intimate one, right? I was telling her, you'll be able to finish each other's sentences. You'll know what the other is thinking. You'll be able to read each other's body language. You will end up being two people working as one. And that was such a clear picture to me of what intimacy is all about. That deep level of closeness where you are seen just as you are. Okay, I'm an Enneagram 8, which is the challenger. (laughs) And in speaking in Enneagram terms, the 8's greatest fear is betrayal, which typically we guard against by not allowing ourselves to be vulnerable. So I had to learn how to be vulnerable with God, like truly intimate. He saw everything about me anyway. Like, who did I think I was approaching him with my brave face on? (laughs) You know, like, hey, God, I got it. I'm good. No worries. I got, I got this. You just, I got it. Right. That's, that's really how I was living for a very long time. I thought I had to have all the answers. I thought I had to show up a certain way and that none of that was true because God knows me, the good, the bad, the ugly. He knows it all. He knows my truest identity. But in order for me to get comfortable being completely vulnerable before him, I had to know my truest identity. I mean, how many times have you had something dramatic happen in your life, some horrible circumstance, maybe abandonment, or maybe it was betrayal of some kind, right? And and you end up feeling like, I don't even know who I am anymore. Have you ever had that happen? I've I've had that happen probably more times than I care to admit, (laughs) right? Something tragic happens, something that throws you off your game. Like you think you're going one way, something happens and you're like, what? What have I been doing? Like, what is all this for? I don't even know who I am anymore. Everything that I've done has been in this direction. And now this direction stopped. Halt, right? I don't know who I am anymore. Right? You had that happen? And so we proceed through life in this like weird haze, just kind of living with what we think will make us happy because we're uncertain. So we're just kind of going you know, in that like robot type happiness. When we're truly intimate with God, we learn that no matter what the circumstance we go through, our identity is found in who he is. Because we learn back in Genesis that we are created in his image. How powerful is that? 
Did you just get the Holy Spirit goosebumps? Because I did. We are made in his image. So when I learned my true identity was in God and who he said that I am, that was one of the most freeing moments in my whole life. So whenever I go through those negative beliefs about myself, you know, I start hearing all those, oh, you're not worthy. You're not good enough. You should have known all the should as right. We could should all over ourselves all day long. Nothing good comes from that, by the way. It is not serving our greatest self, right? So whenever those thoughts start invading and start stirring up that doubt and confusion, I can quiet all that noise by focusing on who God is because I'm created in his image and so are you. Take that in. Breathe that in right now. There's freedom right there. That was my dog snoring. See, he took it in. He took in a really deep breath of the Jesus. (laughs) Okay. That's all I have for you today, my friends. The first three steps and how to arise and upgrade your faith. Be sure to join me on the next episode as I give you steps four and five. I hope you've enjoyed our time together today. And I would love to hear your thoughts on today's episode. Feel free to shoot me a message over on Instagram at the Julianne Kirkland and tell me what spoke to you. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe. If this episode resonated with you, please give it a five-star rate and review. Don't forget, you can learn more about how to work with me and purchase your free copy of my book, The Water Walker at juliannekirkland.com. Thank you again for joining me. I hope God spoke to your heart. Be sure to come back next time when we dive into steps four and five in upgrading your faith. This is the Next Level Faith Podcast, and I'm your host, Julianne Kirkland. Have a beautiful day, my friend. And remember, the best version of you begins on your next level of faith.